Today's reading from the Holy Gospel according to the witness of St. John. This is the 15th chapter beginning at verse 9. And this is Jesus speaking to us. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. Brothers and sisters, this is the gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. So during this season of Lent, we are focusing uh, all the more intentionally on Jesus. We focus on Jesus every weekend of worship, but during Lent, we focus more specifically on his obedience and his willingness to go to Jerusalem and die on a cross, though he was innocent and uh, the spotless, sinless Lamb of God. It's my hope and prayer that during these days of Lent, God will draw us closer to uh, His loving heart, uh, to the the truth of His Word, and that we'll all um, be edified as we appreciate more and more um, what the Lord's life, death, and resurrection uh, mean for us. Uh, Last week, if you were in worship, we meditated on what took place, a wondrous thing, when Jesus was baptized by John at the River Jordan. And there, uh, at the river, were city people from Jerusalem and country people from Judea, and they all um, heard the voice of God. And as Jesus was being baptized, the Father spoke and said, This is my Son, this is my Beloved. With you, I am well pleased. And you should listen to that sermon if you weren't here last week. It's on our website. Because knowing that Jesus is the Son of God has profound eternal implications for us as believers. And what's the first part of our mission? To lead other people to Christ. So Jesus being the Son of God has profound implications, eternal implications for those who don't yet know Him. And it's our duty, it's our responsibility, it's our joy to lead many to Christ that they might know the love of God Today we hear Jesus calling us as friends, and uh, you might take offense at my sermon title, but it's meant for you, and it's meant for me. Jesus is the friend of sinners. That's the only kind of person he can befriend. There was one sinless person, and that was Christ, and he was put on a cross because of our sin, because of our disobedience. So today we celebrate that Jesus is the friend of sinners. That means he's our friend. Now, it doesn't mean he loves our sin doesn't mean that he delights in our disobedience. doesn't mean that um, he loves it when we neglect our duties and obligations. And it doesn't mean that we, we, we should sin more, that he can love us all the more. The Apostle Paul already addressed that. We don't sin so grace may abound, but we seek the mind of Christ in all things because he's our friend. And I want you this morning to think about your closest, dearest friends. I want you to think about your best friends. You got that person or persons in mind? I can wait. Think of your best friends. What makes those people so precious and dear to you? 
What makes your best friends the best? Is it your shared interests? Is it the um, fact that you have compatible personalities? Maybe it's common history. You know, you've been through some, some things together, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And with all those things that you might have been thinking about when it comes to what makes your best friends your best friends, friendship with Christ is not based on any of that. It's based on this holy love sent from heaven, love that was obedient, faithful and obedient even to death on a cross. This friendship is that which Jesus establishes as he reaches out to us sinners one and all, loving us and inviting us to live that life where there's complete joy as his friends. Now, there are many powerful, profound images of God in the Old and New Testaments, and there are many titles for the Lord. But does your image of God, does your sanctified imagination when you think on the Lord include that of friend? And when I asked you moments ago to think about your best friends, was Jesus on the short list? And he wants to be your friend. He calls you his friend. And when you think about your earthly friendships, would you, would you betray your best friend? Probably not. Do you ignore your best friend when they need you? Probably not. Do you uh, sacrifice and make time to be with your best friend when they need you? Probably so. Now, friendship is defined differently in this age of social media uh, because of Facebook, I'm able to uh, stay in touch with young men and women whom I baptized who are now fully grown with their own families and jobs and kids, and some of them have moved out of New Mexico for a whole host of reasons, but I'm able to stay in touch with them on Facebook, and it's a wondrous thing to see young people that I baptized as children in arms years ago. And there's one young man from our congregation who moved out of state, and um, He's got over 1,500 friends on Facebook. That's a lot of people. But Facebook friendship is pretty easy. And for those of you who don't know what it entails, I will tell you. Uh, You just ask somebody to be your friend. It's kind of like little kids on the playground walking up to each other. Hi, hi, what's your name? John, what's your name? Mary, will you be my friend? Okay. And your friends, right? On Facebook, all you have to do is send somebody a request. And if you know the uh, three possible responses, say them with me. You can ignore it, you can decline it, or you can accept it. And if you become friends with someone on social media and you don't like what they're putting on their posts, well, then you can just unfollow them. Or, with the click of a button, unfriend. You're not my friend anymore. And these are (laughs) grown-ups. Jesus is not our friend because he accepted uh, our request. Uh, He is our friend because he died in our place on on a bloody cross. And he went the way of that cross the suffering, the agony, the forsakenness, because he loves us. And Jesus does not unfriend us when we fail. 
or when we disappoint him. Even when we do our best to follow Christ, all of us, on occasion, will fall short. We miss the mark. We disappoint ourselves. We disappoint God. And so we never, ever outgrow our need for God's love and Jesus being our best friend. And the Lord says that there is an interconnection between his great love for us and what it means to be people who seek obedience in life as Jesus' friends one and all. He says, I love you. Remain in my love. Abide in my love. And how do we abide and remain in the love of Christ? Is it simply by acknowledging it and, oh, I'm, I'm in the love of God today? I mean, it's good to acknowledge it. It's good to name it. It's good to claim it. But Christ says that we abide in his love by keeping what he commands. And you see, this is counterintuitive to the ways of the world. But in the kingdom of God, love and obedience are connected. Um, if you love your parents and honor your mom and dad, then you're going to do your best to obey the rules they've established even when they're out of town and you've got the house to yourself for the weekend. The world doesn't think of joyful living and complete joy the way Christ describes it this way. To the world, joy, happiness, you know, is doing whatever you please, whatever you please, no rules, no accountability, no limits, no consequences. But the love we share with Christ and with one another is different. We do our best to live the Jesus way, to follow his example, and in this is joy. Now, when I ask you to think about your um, best friends, I'm going to ask you to think about um, your, your image of God and Many people through the years have told me my, my most powerful image, the first thing I think of is, of a God is he, he's a judge and he's sitting on his throne and he's just watching and waiting for me to mess up and then people will normally say, and I've messed up so often and all I do is I just feel the wrath of God because I'm such a bad person. Um, Jesus would have you replace that image with him as your friend. And he will come again to judge the living and the dead. And when he does, we will claim his love and his life and the power of his cross. And God willing, we will have done our best through the years until we see the Savior face to face to uh, be obedient. And that is not legalism. That is not rule keeping for the sake of rule keeping so that at the end of life you get your ticket punch and you get to go through the pearly gates and have your place in heaven. Joyful obedience is a loving thing because we know that God knows what is best for us. God wants what is best for you. And that's why he gives us his word and his guide for living. And God reveals himself to us perfectly in love in the death of Jesus on the cross because he died there for sinners like you and me. He died a death that we deserve so that we can have a life we cannot earn. So we do our best. We do our best to follow Christ. Not to earn his grace, but to, to celebrate it. To express our gratitude. 
Now, the senior pastor is getting up in years when he gets messages from church members who say, you know, you uh, told that story from the pulpit about five years ago. You're repeating yourself, pastor. Look, I'm old enough to have earned the right to repeat myself. (laughs) Get used to it. My family has. (laughs) I know I've told this story before, and um, for those of you who think I've told it too often, well, there's visitors today, and maybe they've never heard it. One of my favorite movies is uh, Saving Private Ryan. It's on my short list, In the Man Cave. Many of you know the storyline. If you've never seen the movie, here's how it goes. It's World War II. There's all these brothers from Iowa. They're farm boys. They're all in different parts of the, the combat theater. And all of them have died except one. And this squad of men is given a special assignment to go and save Private Ryan, to get him home. So... His dear mother will not suffer the death of all her boys killed in action. And one of the soldiers says it's like looking for a needle in a stack of needles trying to find one soldier in the whole European theater in World War II. And um, the movie shows how this uh, Saving Private Ryan came at such great cost. Uh, Five young soldiers have already died. And then in the closing scene, a sixth soldier, an officer, has been mortally wounded. And with his uh, dying words, his name is uh, Captain Miller, he says to Private Ryan, do you remember? Two words. Earn this. And then he bleeds out and he dies. So he says to young Private Ryan, you earned this sacrifice of six men who died so you could go home and grow old and raise a family and enjoy your retirement. And then the movie fast forwards. And it's not the young Private Ryan standing there before Captain Miller. It's the elder Ryan standing there. His family's with him, his wife, his daughters. And he's at Miller's grave at the cemetery for all the fallen at Normandy. And he's weeping. And his wife comes up to console him. And he looks at her, and do you remember the words? I mean, they're they're desperate words. He says, tell me I'm a good man. Tell me I've lived a good life. You see, over 50 years have gone by, and he still wonders if he's done enough to earn this, to earn the sacrifice that those soldiers made for him so long ago in his youth. We Christians can never, ever earn what Christ did for us on the cross. We can't earn it, but we can thank him. And we can seek obedience, not to earn our salvation, but in celebration of life, in celebration of a joy that is complete. For we know who God is, and we know how much he loves us, And you remember this day, and until you see your Savior face to face, Jesus is King of kings, he's Lord of lords, he's the Lion of Judah, and he is your friend. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.